podcast. I'm Nick Beatman and I'm here with my friend Zach Mack. Hello everybody. So early last week we got our first look into the Brawl pre-constructed decks for Throne of Eldraine and we got to see a brand new legendary creature and a new potential format staple. In the intervening week we've been tinkering around with a list for this new legend and it seems like it has the potential to be the most powerful Bant commander of all time. So uh, this is going to be a deck tech episode in addition to a spoiler episode but before we start I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory you can support the show and access cool rewards for as little as one dollar a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Let's talk about Chulane Teller of Tales. Yeah. So Chulane Teller of Tales is a 2-4 human druid. They cost 2 green, white, blue, so 5 CMC. Uh, They have vigilance, uh, and whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. And then they also have three tap uh, return target creature you control to its owner's hand. So three tap bounce a creature you control. This is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I've heard some people complaining that this is like a good stuff commander. Mm-hmm. I've seen some comparisons to like Tatiova mm-hmm. as just like here's free cards for something you were going to do anyway. Mm-hmm. But I don't actually believe that's the case. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I would say that especially the first few months we see this guy, I would I think... A lot of people are going to build him good stuffy, mm-hmm. like, here's my eternal witness, get back my guy, like stuff like that. But I don't think that's what he is. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the end of the journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that probably the same process that happened for Joyra Weatherlight Captain is going to happen for Chulane. Because mm-hmm. like with Joyra, people just saw like, oh, this is an artifact commander. I'm going to put in my mere battle sphere. Yes. And people tend to slowly realize, oh... The cheaper my artifacts are, the more often I can get these triggers. Yep. And so it just became a deck full of zero drops. Yep. It's kind of the same case with Chulane. Yeah, I was going to say this is another Memnite deck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's clearly even better than Joyra because there's been a lot more creatures printed than artifacts over the years. Yep. And also, the fact that you can put lands down means that you can net mana as your going through your deck yeah it's pretty crazy yeah one of the most important additions to the deck are the engines that will help you net even more mana from each of your two lane triggers so if you have earthcraft that's one in a green for an enchantment tap an untapped creature you control untap target basic land so if you have that out then you cast a creature you get your two lane trigger you make a land drop maybe you draw a card And you can tap that creature and untap a basic land. So that's an additional mana that you get back to help Mm -hmm. you cast more creatures in the future. There's also Tangle Root, which is a three-cost artifact that adds a green mana whenever you cast a creature. So that's another way to subsidize the creatures you're playing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alurin is probably like the most powerful of these (laughs) engines. (laughs) It's so Uh, nuts. Yeah, it's two green green for an enchantment. All of your creatures with CMC three or less are free and you can cast them as though they had flash. Yeah. And I think it's everybody, right? Is it just yours or is it everybody? Oh, you're right. It is symmetrical. Yeah. It's one of those like dream halls type cards where like everybody gets it, but like 
you, you know, you're mm-hmm. somebody <laughs> can get it the most. Yeah, somebody was planning on this. Yeah. <laughs> if you can get any of the engines down and kind of keep churning stuff out, you can get to one of the other pieces pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. once you get two of them, it's over. It's over. <laughs> you yeah. did it. Another really important element of this deck are the redundant effects. So Tulane is really powerful. Getting Drawing a card every time you cast a creature is awesome. So why not run other cards that do the exact same thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you've got your Beast Whisperer, Guardian Project, mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. from the recent Ravnica block. Primordial Sage, Soul of the Harvest. Glimpse of Nature is a one-cost sorcery that, that only works this turn. Yeah, but you, you're, you're good. You're probably good. <laughs> yeah, all of those cards essentially like let you draw cards when you cast your creature spells or when a non-token creature enters the battlefield. There's also a couple of weaker cards that are not quite as good as like the straight draw card, mm-hmm. but they can still help you decrease your odds of fizzling. So Season of Growth was recently printed in Corset 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's one in a green for an enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. And then it also has some other text that doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> Hazaret's Monument is a three-cost artifact that has, uh, whenever you cast a creature spell, you can discard a card if you do draw a card. So that's also going to help you shape your draws a little bit and make it more likely that you keep going and and find like another combo piece or just make it happen live the dream yeah so there's these cards that you need to cast before you start comboing off and then there's also some ones that you can cast later so like shamanic revelation and collective unconscious both of those draw you cards equal to the number of creatures you control after you've got a board full of creatures when you draw them okay now i'm just going to draw 20 cards at once yep i don't know if you've ever drawn 20 cards at once but it's a pretty good Another great thing about this deck is that it's also kind of a landfall deck because Chulane is like giving you the extra lands as you draw through your decks and and letting you drop them into play. Mm -hmm. There are some good landfall triggers that work perfectly in this deck. So Tatiova Benthic Druid, for example. Yeah. (laughs) Landfall, draw a card, and gain a life. That really helps you keep the combo going. going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nissa Vital Force. She's something that requires a little bit more setup. She's three green green for a planeswalker. You can basically just plus one her and then ultimate the next turn. And then the ultimate is you get an emblem with landfall draw card. It's so easy to get to. Like this one is one of the emblems that I've gotten, I think, the most consistently. Just because like someone goes board wipe and you go Nissa. And then next turn you go emblem. (laughs) Most of the time I advise you all to ignore ultimates when evaluating the quality of a planeswalker and commander but this is one of the the very few exceptions this is not that hard to get i have gotten yeah. this emblem multiple times as well and i've actually gotten this emblem multiple times in the same game oh wow! because you can i've gotten it back and just like you just keep <laughs> <laughs> two more quick landfall triggers tireless tracker is not as good as tatiova or nissa but it also is a way to get additional value off of the land drops you're making and then lotus cobra generates mana as you drop lands off of Chulane. so that's another way to just generate more mana to keep your combo going tell me about these special synergistic creatures a lot of creatures over the years for whatever reason have just kind of bounced themselves and that's very good here (laughs) so like if you have a shrieking drake 
It's just a one drop, one, one. Uh, when Shrieking Drake enters the battlefield, uh, return a creature you control to its owner's hand, and it costs just a blue mana. You just spend a blue to play this guy, and then you draw a card and play land, and then you bounce him. If you have blue lands, then you can just keep going as, as long as you like. Mm-hmm. You can uh, also respond to the trigger with like an Earthcraft or something, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it gets pretty nuts. Yeah, there's some pretty powerful things you can do there. And, and there's other Shrieking Drake variants. I mean, we've talked about some of them before on the show, but there's like White Mane Lion 2-2 for one and a white that basically does the same thing. It's Bounce a White Creature you control and it has Flash. Dreamstalker, which is, I think, uh, Bounce a Permanent. Mm-hmm. And it's one in a blue to cast that guy. Core Skyfisher, same thing. When it enters, you bounce a permanent. I think all of these bounce a permanent or a creature. And then the last one is just Cloudstone Curio, mm-hmm. the classic. So this is whenever a non-artifact permanent enters the battlefield under your control, you may return a permanent that shares a type with it to your hand. You would end up doing this back and forth thing with it. And it's pretty powerful. I also really like cheap creatures that draw cards. Yeah. So I'm thinking things like Fibblethip, which the relevant text on that is one in a blue for a 1-1. One, one. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. There's also Wall of Blossoms, Wall of Omens, Elvish mm-hmm. Visionary. Yeah, you get all these guys. Ice Fang Quaddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all of these guys are pretty good in that it's really easy to find a mana generating engine so that they're free, essentially. And they just smooth out the process Mm -hmm. like it's great that you can get both a land to drop in and a creature to trigger true lane again off of one of these guys yeah it's pretty crazy like you really don't need that many pieces to go off (laughs) yeah there's so much redundancy like we've broken this whole deck deck up into categories because there are so many cards that are redundant in each category so really you just need like one mana generating card and one like redundant draw effect and that's it and you're and good. Now you've got your deck in your hand. Mana, dorks, pretty good here too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get Julian out early. They draw you a card later. Wonderful. <laughs> All these Lanoir Elf and Birds of Paradise variants, they're good early and they're good late, so they're just great in this deck. So you might say, hey, okay, I have my deck here. How do I win? How would you answer that question? <laughs> Beastmaster Ascension is very cheap. And allows you to turn all your guys into like enormous monsters. Yeah. Craterhoof Behemoth is the classic, although it's a little tricky to generate the Craterhoof Behemoth mana on the same turn you combo off. It might be something where it's like, I guess I'll just have these 20 creatures on the board and pass. (laughs) But it it is realistic to cast like a Beastmaster Ascension the same turn. Yeah. I Um, was going to say, would you run Concordant Crossroads in this deck? I think I would run Concordant Crossroads just because with this many mana dorks, a Concordant Crossroads generates a bunch of mana. Yeah. It just kind of activates it. Also, it serves as kind of a pseudo win condition also mm because like you might not even need that greater hiff if mm-hmm. you just have like enough guys. yeah triumph of the hordes might also be good enough here because mm-hmm. with That's enough creatures cheap. and they're all haste i think it's pretty realistic to like generate four or five mana in the course of your combo turn so you can cast the concordant crossroads and the Beastmaster ascension of triumph crater hoof still a little more difficult to pull off yeah i think on a good hand i think that one's probably fine because if you do get like an earthcraft and like a double draw, then it's probably easy to get the concordant crossroads, which means it's probably easy to tap your guys to get 
mana to play or something else. Like, I feel like you might be able to just take off from there. There's like an event horizon Mm -hmm. that you are probably going to run into a lot of the time where like all of a sudden it's just like inevitable. (laughs) (laughs) But this is nuts. Like this deck just kind of lets you assemble this combo out of nowhere. I think there's one last category for even more redundancy is just like tutors. There's so many tutors for the things you want in these colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. So that just helps you find your your win conditions when you're ready to kill somebody or prior to that helps you find your combo pieces Mm -hmm. one thing i want to stress about this deck is it's hard to make a budget version yeah (laughs) not only are many of the essential combo pieces expensive earthcraft or like glimpse of nature is like 13 bucks but also the mana base matters a lot yeah it has to be perfect yeah (laughs) like you can't be running a bunch of like gates and tap lands because then when you're comboing off they don't generate mana yeah the lifelines are pretty bad in this deck yeah kind of sucks that is an, an unfortunate downside because like you know there's a lot of tap lands that i'm normally okay running in decks like mm-hmm. the initial version of this build i was running like seaside citadel and path of ancestry and like the yeah. amonkhet cycling tap lands yeah and then as i was goldfishing i was like wait these these suck yeah this i would is Im- awful <laughs> i would imagine like the Scrylands, like you think they're great because you put them down and you're like put something on the bottom mm-hmm. but then it just doesn't Work. yeah that's also one of the reasons why i think people are going to try to force it as a good stuff deck at first because of the budget constraints and then i think people mm-hmm. are going to play it and they're going to be like oh if i put every land war in and then they go oh if i put like things that double my draws and then like slowly they're gonna creep towards this like mm-hmm. machine and in a very much the same way that jora did well, we will save you all some time because we're <laughs> posting the deck list with this episode and you can check out our version. It's only been a week. We haven't had that much time to goldfish with it. Yeah. We invite any criticism or feedback, but I think it's a pretty good starting place if you're looking to build around this new legendary creature. Yeah, but this honestly though, like if they're willing to put this much power into this like brawl commander, I'm really excited mm-hmm. about just the brawl decks in general from now on. Like, if they're all going to like do something like this, what <laughs> what are they going to do? Like what are they going to print? I know, I'm excited to see some like really pushed build around commanders yeah. that are just focused on the set mechanics. Yeah, no that would be wonderful. I'm so tired of just like playing limited a lot or going to the pre-release and then just like, all right, well I can't play with any of you cards ever again. <laughs> set mechanic X cards. Guess you're going to sit in the binder. <laughs> I have been disappointed many times by like these commanders that half support the set mechanic. So like terrible. Olivia mobilized for war. It's like, I, I guess it's a madness commander. Yeah. <laughs> My big gripe about madness and shadows block was that like, why was it vampire tribal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all the ones that were like reasonable were just vampires. And then like that kind of made them unreasonable too. You're like, well, I don't want to just run a bunch of vampires. <laughs> My big gripe with Madness in Shadows Block is that they printed zero good cards. It's true. All right. There was another card spoiled yeah. from out of these Brawl Precons. This is Arcane Signet. This is a two mana artifact. It has tap. Add one mana of any color in your commander's color identity. Yeah, this one is not as exciting and I don't care. Yeah, I've I've heard some complaints about this card. Like it 
goes in every deck. Mm-hmm, it like mm-hmm. kind of makes obsolete a bunch of older mana rocks that had been played prior to this. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I don't care. One of the things that both of us care about is that we just want people to play their decks and have fun. And mana bases, especially budget mana bases, are like a very big barrier to that a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So there's people who have gripes with a command tower Mm -hmm. because it goes into every deck and like it homogenizes what decks look like and it's just another card you got to put in but i don't care about my mana base what that looks like yeah and i want to make a distinction yeah for the audience here because we've also said many times that we don't like good stuff and we want to protect the format from homogenization and like seeing the same cards in every single game but i think there's a big difference between like the majority of cards in your deck and like building a cohesive theme and like weird cards from outside the format and just having a mana base that allows you to cast your cards. I I really don't care if every deck has like approximately the same mana base. Yeah. I care that the cards they are casting are different. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's okay if every deck is running command tower. It's okay if the decks that want to cost mana rocks are all running Arcane Signet. I don't really have have a big issue with that. If you look at a fairly tuned black-red list and you look at the mana base, you go, okay, there's a bunch of dual lands. And then you go, okay. Then you look at another black-red list, it's going to have the same, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, black-red lands. It's going to have a bunch of lands that make two colors, black and red. I don't care if all the black-red decks are running Luxury Suite. Yeah. It's fine. Who cares? Like, if I make a Malfagor list and you make an Olivia list and both of our mana bases are very similar. I'm not like, dude, you copied my list, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm so sick of seeing Blood Crypt. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you put Luxury Suite in your deck? Got a Black Cleave Cliffs in here, bro? For multiple reasons, they only print so many dual lands a year. Mm -hmm. So your decks are only going to have so many dual lands a year, and they're all going to be the same. The mana bases are already homogenized. Yeah. I just like that this card exists. People are saying it's going to be expensive. I think it might at first but i think they're gonna keep printing it and it's in every deck it's not totally clear from the article but it sounded like every standard set is going to have some brawl yeah. pre-cons yeah so it's like if this is getting printed in multiple decks multiple times per year Problem. then you can get your hands on one of these if you want to yeah exactly i think it's not going to be as hard as people think there's like some doomsday scenarios going on with this card and it's like it's a it's a two mana rock mm-hmm. it's a felwar stone honestly i don't run that many two mana rocks in my deck yeah. these days i don't yeah it's cool that there's a good one but this isn't something that's going into all of my decks yeah for certain. i usually put two mana rocks in my four cmc commander list mm-hmm. that's like four cmc yeah. non-green exactly yeah four cmc non-green lists you get signets and talismans and stuff but they're not that good in like five plus cmc they're not super good and cheaper than that cmc but like just being able to have like turn three commander pretty consistently mm-hmm. with the four mana cost commander that that's usually when i run the two drop signets. this is something else people complained about i like that this is a signet because what signets did is they gave you a mana they like fixed your mana and gave you a mana and i thought this was clever it's like oh yeah you it's a signet because it gives you the mana you needed but you don't pay one and tap it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get you two different colors That's of mana true. you know you're right but this is probably better than mm-hmm. that. <laughs> i think that's it that's kind of our spiel on this guy right here yeah 
What do you think this design on Tulane says about either Throne of Eldraine or about what the other Brawl Precon commanders are going to look like? I think the first one is going to be that they're multicolor. I think a lot of the Brawl decks are going to be multicolor lists in part because if they're trying to support Brawl, they want to make sure there's enough options for multicolor decks. So I think we're just going to get a bunch of multicolor cards. I would hope that they're not just kind of more generic like Tulane is. I would hope that they focus on set mechanics, kind of like you said. Well, I have a pretty wild theory. Mm -hmm. The one card we've seen, quote unquote seen, because we haven't really seen the text on it, (laughs) but from Throne of Eldraine is this Goldilocks, and she is one CMC for a one-two, but she has this expensive ability ability. or something yeah it's five green green Mm -hmm. so it's hard to tell if that's an alternate cost or if it's an activated ability and and she also like has that book text box so i'm wondering if chulain is designed specifically to synergize with those creatures that have the book text box because he's got the book and the art well and because teller of tales yeah and I th- I'm wondering if all of those creatures that have that mechanic are going to be extremely cheap on the front end. So like good for triggering Chulain. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then like have these expensive activated abilities that you want to ramp to. So you're dropping your lands with Chulain to get oh, you there cool. faster. Oh, or if it is an alternate cost, he helps you bounce them back too. Oh, so yeah, that would, true. That would work. So I'm guessing that this guy might actually tell us a little bit about how this mechanic is going to play in the set and what the cards are going to look like yeah rather than just being like here's some value yeah mechanics are pretty rad mm-hmm. <laughs> i i like that so if all of the like storybook mechanic cards kind of end up playing like that i'm into it they haven't been having too many set mechanics in a set and i've kind of in enjoyed that like they just kind of go pretty deep on a thing i would much prefer that because yeah. like in terms of making things playable in commander yeah it's way better if there are fewer mechanics but you get way more cards yeah. so you're more likely to get like a critical mass of playables for a commander deck as opposed to like here's five guild mechanics in a <laughs> single set and you get like 10 cards each and half of them are bad do you think they're gonna gear some of these decks up to be this is the Bant version of that mechanic, and then maybe they have a black-red guy that also uses the mechanic, but like in a different way. Do you think they would do something like that? That's an interesting question. They usually try to concentrate most mechanics, not all For mechanics. For a limited archetype. In, yeah, in yeah. like some set of colors. But there are mechanics that appear on everything, like you know, cycling and Omnicat, whatever. I think they could do that. I would support that. I would much rather have them using color identity to like use the same mechanic to create multiple archetypes because like here's a black red archetype you never saw before and here's a band archetype you never saw before. Mm-hmm. I would definitely support that. Yeah. As long as like all of the mechanics are getting explored by at least one commander, it'd be cool if they split others up. Yeah. And again, like we have no idea what the mechanics are going to be mm-hmm. like. It's uh like top down is a pretty good place to uh, like attack a set from as we've seen i'm expecting some like pretty evocative builds but i'm not really expecting like the set mechanic to play into that if that makes any sense like a lot of yeah. the cards from innistrad are just standalone they're not yeah like yeah. the top down cards were standalone but like the set mechanics were just on cards mm-hmm. and some of them were good like i play creeping renaissance all the time yeah, yeah it's flashback 
Well, I think that's all we had to say about these two new spoils, and it's going to be very exciting to see what the rest of the Brawl Precons bring us. Yes. Next week, we've got the beginning of Commander 2019 spoilers, yes. so even more potential <laughs> staples and legendary creatures. <laughs> yes. So thank you all for listening. Before we go, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Eamon, Addison, Arthur, Mason, Will, Elvis, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Brock, Tom, the White Clays, Aubrey, and Hannah. You guys keep the lights on here in the studio. We really appreciate all you do for us. And if you would like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, I am at commander theory on Twitter and Tumblr. If you want to reach Zach, he is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter and Tumblr. The opening song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. We'll talk to you guys next time.